This is a Soulfire production. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to introduce today's guest, who I'm sure many of you are already quite familiar with. Today, I am chatting with the incredible Erin Claire Jones. If you are not already familiar with her work, you're going to fall in love with her, but she is a human design guide, coach, and speaker. She has helped literally hundreds of thousands of people and companies understand their human design in a really practical way, giving really digestible tips so that we can more deeply understand our human design charts to live with greater ease and flow and authenticity. And you guys know how much I love human design. I feel like it is this beautiful roadmap to really understanding ourselves in a deeper way. And it's all about experimentation, right? And figuring out what feels most authentic to us versus where have we been conditioned to just show up a certain way or do things in a certain way. So it's really about finding our optimal flow and creating more ease in our lives. If you listen to this podcast, you know how much human design has completely changed my life. It's something I use within my business and it's helped me so much with the health issues I struggled with for such a long time. It has helped me so much in all of my personal relationships. I just feel like this information is a game changer for everyone. And Erin has been one of my favorite people to learn from when it comes to human design. I had a session with her a few months ago that was extremely helpful. We talked more about, for me, using human design in my business and in romantic relationships, some things to look out for just to help me out there. And it was so great. And then I've also gotten her blueprint. If you have not checked out her blueprint, you can go to humandesignblueprint.com. We will put all of the links in the show notes, but I have a discount code. It's Christina, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A. That will get you 10% off the blueprint. And what the blueprint is, is this very comprehensive PDF breaking down all of the important pieces of your chart. I think it is such a great gift to yourself and to your loved ones. And I mentioned this in the episode, but you know, for me, going back to the basics with my chart again and again and again, I always learn new things about myself and unpack different layers of those basics. Like I don't think we can go back to the basics enough, but this also is not just a basic. It is very in-depth. And so, and I got a lot out of it as well, even though I have studied human design in different ways and learned a lot about it. So I do really recommend checking out the human design blueprints. I think they are so incredible and really digestible, but very comprehensive. And you know, I personally believe that the key to life is understanding ourselves. And human design is one of my favorite methods to doing just that. I learned so much about myself and it's helped me really do things in a much more authentic way. I could go on about it forever. But I just love the way that Erin explains things. It's very practical. I mean, she has worked with countless people, so many different companies. She has work featured in Forbes, Mind Body Green, Well and Good, Nylon. And I just love that she makes this information so approachable in our daily lives. In this conversation, we go so many incredible directions. We talk about human design in the context of parenting. And as we record this, she is approaching her own due date for her first little one, which is very exciting. So I was glad I could squeeze in an interview before she takes some time off. But we talk about parenting and motherhood and human design. And we talk a lot about environment, which I'm very into right now, environment and human design, digestive type. We talk about the arrows around your head that you'll see in your human design chart, the variables, which is another topic that I 
I'm obsessed with learning about because I feel like there's not that much information out there about it. We talk about human design in business, aligned ways to market yourself based on your profile. There's just so much incredible information in this episode. So I'm really excited for you all to dive in. You're probably going to want to take some notes. And again, you can look up your design at humandesignblueprint.com. That's also where you can check out the blueprints and get your personalized blueprint for your unique design. Use my code Christina for 10% off. And you can check out Aaron on Instagram at Aaron Claire Jones and at Human Design Blueprint. We'll put all of the links in the show notes. And before we jump in, I just want to remind you that I'm opening up a high 70 energy healing training. October 17th is the enrollment date. A high 70 energy is the form of energy healing that I personally work with, use in my practice, and train other individuals in. There are two different levels. Level one is to use the energy for yourself. So for self-healing, emotional, physical, spiritual health, great for DNA reactivations, great for connecting with your intuition, opening up your psychic abilities, and just daily life mental health, emotional balance, all that fun stuff. And if you're a business owner, great for working with your business energetically. And then level two is for people who would like to be able to send the energy to other people. So if you want to move on and be able to send that energy, whether it be for part of your business or just you know friends and family, then level two is what you would also want to enroll in. I'll put the link in the show notes to uh, learn all about a high. The attunement dates are all there. So you can check out the dates and mark it off on your calendar and check out testimonials from different practitioners who have gone through the training before if you want to see those. It really is a transformational experience and process. I really don't even have words to describe what that is like to go through, you know, especially like level one, the self-healing phase of high and and to work with that energy and just to be able to give yourself that gift every day. I mean, this is a part of my daily spiritual practice. I work with a high all the time, every single thing I'm doing in my business, every single morning, every single evening. It's how I do everything. So I'm excited for more people to get attuned to this energy. I just love it so much. There is a wait list and people on the wait list are going to get first dibs. There are limited spaces. I can only do so many attunements at one time. So I'd recommend if you do want to get in this round, I only run this about twice a year, I would get on the wait list ASAP so you get first dibs. Again, the links will be in the show notes so you can get on the wait list and learn more there. All right, that's my announcement for today. I won't make you wait any longer. I'm so pumped for you guys to hear this conversation. So enjoy this chat with Erin Claire Jones. I was recently at a wellness event and one of the speakers said something that I loved. She said, Taking care of your body is the most spiritual thing you can do. And I thought, so true. I feel like in the spirituality space, there's actually not enough emphasis on the physical body. To me, taking care of the physical vessel is the first place to start because it's how you can naturally start to open up your intuition and your spiritual gifts. And that starts with the first thing that you consume every day. I start my day off every single day with Organifi green juice. I am too lazy to actually juice. I just am way too lazy. And whenever I try, it doesn't even taste good. So enter green juice. It's packed with 11 different superfoods that help to support detoxification in the body and naturally boost your energy. I've been taking some time off coffee the last month or so. I'm not sure how long I'm going to do that for, but 
I don't really need it because this gives me that natural hit of energy without the caffeine. So if you aren't doing caffeine or you just don't want any more caffeine in your day, this is another great option for just giving you that natural refreshing energy boost. And what I love about this is I used to put all of these ingredients into different beverages or smoothies separately. And it's such a pain in the butt, which is why Organifi Green Juice is so convenient because it's all just in one powder. Just put one scoop in water and I'm good to go. So some of my favorite ingredients in green juice are Moringa, which is rich in nine different vitamins and minerals. It has been used for centuries to help fight disease, improve skin health, and naturally boost your energy. For me, Moringa just makes me feel so awake and alive. And then of course, ashwagandha, amazing for naturally balancing out cortisol. I am big into ashwagandha, especially right now because I've been doing so much just to really focus on balancing out my cortisol levels and really works for me. And my favorite part about green juice, spirulina and chlorella. I am obsessed with algae. Algae is loaded with micronutrients. I'm very intentional about getting algae into my diet every single day. And this makes it extra easy because I know I'm getting in that spirulina and that chlorella to help support detoxification, decalcifying the pineal gland. We have all of these different toxins in the environment. Even if you're living a really clean life, if you're moving through the world, you're picking up toxins. And spirulina and chlorella are two of my favorite superfoods, not just for the micronutrients, but because they really do a great job of supporting detox in the body. So if you want to get your hands on some green juice or any of Organifi's other incredible products, because you know I live, breathe, bleed Organifi, it's so good. Just head to Organifi.com slash CTC and that code CTC will get you 20% off. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash CTC and that code CTC will get you 20% off. Check out green juice, red juice, vanilla protein powder. You truly can't go wrong because remember taking care of your body is the most spiritual thing you can do. So I like to start every show with a few quick questions to help my audience better get to know you. Are you down? I'm open. Down. All right. Yes, let's go. Let's do it. All right. So first is, how do you like to start your day? What's your morning ritual like? Mm, always changing. But at the moment, um, I am pregnant. So I wake up and I do some hypnobirthing meditations. And then I journal. Um, I've been doing morning pages from the artist way for a long time. And then I pull a card and then depending on what's going on that day, I usually move my body. Now enter my third trimester. I'm like, oh, um, but usually I do. I do try to move, but that's mm-hmm. usually the ritual these days. Love that. What's your, um, what are your arrows? I am mo- all right, except for my bottom left. Okay. Okay. And I also have in human design as do you, but you kind of have a different balance. I have like the gate of extremes. And it basically means that like as amazing as ritual and routine can be, it really is going to vary. Like it's not really going to be super, super consistent for me. Yeah. I like want so hard to have a routine. I I really want that, but it doesn't work. (laughs) So I've had to just let it go. I just had to let it go. I know. Yeah, totally. And you're like all the flow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like all, all right. So it really messes me up trying to get too lefty, (laughs) but I'm just, I'm just curious about that. Yeah. Okay. Love that. Next is what's a product you are really enjoying recently? It could be a beauty product, a food product, a supplement, a crystal, a card deck, any mm. physical product. Does clothing count? Yeah. Clothing for sure. There's um, a brand called Bumpsuit and they make like the most comfortable onesies and like workout clothes and flowy clothes for pregnant people. And I've just really enjoyed them. I Love just, that. I'm like, I'm like, I'm just like getting a new shipment from them all the time. My partner's like, 
what else have you ordered from bump suit? Um, like another package, <laughs> an, another flowy pants situation. Um, but yes, I think that like, it's as much as like so many of my clothes are flowy already, but like when you're pregnant, or at least I felt it's like those things even become uncomfortable. So it's been nice to just have like really soft, stretchy clothing. Perfect. Love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I always just, I'm always curious what people are going to say, cause I find out about so many different brands yeah. uh, and products when I ask that question. So yeah, <laughs> that's why I do it. All right. Next is human design. What is mm-hmm. your energy type and profile? I am a projector and my profile is six, two. And authority? Emotional authority. There we go. Six, yeah. two. Mm-hmm. Love that. Love that. Mm-hmm. I see that. I tend to attract a lot of six twos into my, I like most of my friends are two fours, six twos or, or four sixes. Makes sense. Yeah. Even so. sharing like one number with somebody is like, Oh, I see that. in you. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the two. And I find just because I need so much alone time yeah. and my other two friends get it of like, if I'm away for months and you don't hear from me, we're, we're chilling. We're, we're fine. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the fellow two understanding. Oh God, it's so, so nice to have that understood. Yeah. 100%. And then for astrology, what's your big three sun, moon, rising. Oh God, I literally always forget this. So I'm going to see <laughs> if I can get it right. So, um, I'm Taurus. Mm-hmm. Um, my rising is Scorpio and my moon is in Capricorn. Oh, I, I love that. That's mm-hmm. a unique combo. Yeah. And then my partner is a Capricorn and I think his rising is, no, his mood is in Scorpio. Mm. So we're, we're like really wondering when our little babe is going to come, but like mm. if she comes before a certain day, she's Scorpio. So TBD. Yeah. Um, but yes, th- those are my big three. Oh, love that. Okay. And then last in this little series is what's a topic you are really interested in right now. So this could be something you're learning about, you're enjoying mm-hmm. learning about, or you're just thinking about, you're pondering, you're reflecting on a lot. Like what's, what's been on your mind? Oh my God. Everything related to birth. It's just like the biggest rabbit hole of all time for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been amazing. I'm just like, how do our bodies do this? But um, yeah, reading all the books, listening to all the podcasts, having all the doulas, all the midwives, just like really in a whole amazing rabbit hole about that experience. What's been like the most surprising thing you've learned being in this experience? Hmm. I think that, you know, I think that I, so I'm giving birth at a, well, the plan is to give birth at a birthing center. And I have like an amazing group of seven midwives and two doulas. And I feel like so supported, but I think what's so interesting is so much of the education is very much like, how can you like advocate and like really like stand up for what you want in those settings. And like, I've somehow found a setting that like, they're totally on the same page. Everything I bring up, I'm like, I want to do this thing. They're like, yeah, that's our practice. (laughs) Like, duh. And so like, I guess I've been so surprised that like, you know, there are just like so many amazing options. And I don't think I really realized that. I think that I felt like I was going to like fight for my thing, fight for what I wanted, but like, there are actually just like such amazing birth team and supporters everywhere. And I just feel so lucky to have found them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also just think that there are a lot of like pretty outdated practices around birth that are really around, you know, for high risk births that are really applied to all of us. And so it's important to kind of understand things and be like, oh, like if I have a low risk birth and like, it's a, you know, I I might not need all those things that they usually prescribe. So it's been really just interesting kind of understanding all the different pieces and exactly what I desire it to look like while also knowing that like everything could change on a dime. And like, I've just got to like make a plan and let it go. Yeah. I mean, it seems very overwhelming. <laughs> it seems like a very overwhelming space. It, it is. And it's also like the most natural thing. I think that's yeah. been like the thing where it's like, oh my God, birth, like how's it going to happen? And honestly, our bodies do it. 
the yeah. baby's like squiggling their way out and the contractions are literally naturally expelling them. And so like the more relaxed and surrendered we are, the more we make ourselves available for it. Obviously that's not going to always be feasible to do. And so many other things can come up. Um, but I think that like, it's really nice to just be like, if I just like connect into my body and relax, I'm probably going to make this process a whole lot easier than like contracting and really like getting in my head about it all. Yeah. And it's, it's like, I feel like I see all these videos on on the internet of people like like screaming at a pregnant woman to relax <laughs> it's like I can't. Like, that's not helping <laughs> yeah like, I cannot yeah. Um, and that, well, and that really is like most ideal but it's so I can imagine it very difficult especially in that in that yeah. setting you know you see and that's why it's so smart to just be like let me just really choose providers that actually help create that environment like yeah. those are like okay we're bringing all the fairy lights you know what I mean I'm like here's the music and everything's dim and I'm like oh yeah that feels great so I think, so it's just, it's, it's a really, it's such an interesting world, you know, and people mm-hmm. have such different experiences, but I think that um, I'm really curious how it's going to go down for me. Yeah. Do you feel like anything in your human design, like if you looked at this experience for you from the lens of your charts, do you feel mm-hmm. like that has, has influenced how you've approached this or felt during this at all? Interesting question. I wish I could be like, oh, I'm going to give birth with ease because I'm a yeah. <laughs> Um You could tell yourself that. Yeah, you know? I know. I know. Maybe I'll tell myself that story. Um, I think that like, I think honestly, the biggest influence is that, you know, I think that there's like such a desire in my design. I have like a very, actually like you, it's like, I've got what we call a very defined mind and head. I have like the gate of wanting to be in control. So like, I can get really in my head about things, but I think like there's something about this pregnancy where like, we didn't really get pregnant when I wasn't really expecting to get pregnant, wasn't really trying, but like everything about it has felt so like meant to be. And it's felt so right that I feel like knowing my design, I'm like, oh, this just feels right. And I'm just going to trust it. And so I think that it hasn't been a pregnancy so far filled with like a lot of birth fear or control or any of it. Cause I'm just like, this feels right. I'm just trusting it. So I think it's been such a reminder of like really tapping into our authority and human design and just honoring it and like not trying to veer away from it. So I think that's been kind of the biggest influence. And and yeah, and, and outside of human design, it's just like being really sensitive to the influences. You know, we get, I have a really empowering, my mom was an OBGYN and she just like has such an empowering viewer on birth. So I would say that's probably like the most influential thing that I've had. But yeah, I think it's just been like really trusting that like this is supposed to happen right now. And I'm just like along for the ride. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. If we think from a human design perspective of, you know, when I'm around different people in my life and I know their design, I can start to pick up on like why we relate the way we do or like where I can feel their energy. And I think it'd be so interesting if there was some way to get like a large amount of data of, you know, mothers and their children. And then once you find out the design and look at like, how did that show up in the pregnancy? Right. Cause you're, you're feeling all of that. Like, I think that that is so fascinating to me. Oh my God. It's the most, you know, and like, and it's been, my mom was a, or is, she's a manifester you know, and it's just been so, it's been really fun learning that and just kind of seeing the influence. But yeah, she's been very much just like, this is how it's going to be for you. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to take this much time. And I'm like, yes, I'll take it all. You know, like, yeah, it probably would feel different if she was saying those things and it was really disempowering stuff, but she's saying the most empowering stuff that I'm like, I believe you, you know, and like manifestors are really good at like kind of seeing the future and not in a psychic way, but like, they just kind of like see where things are going and they're very impactful. And so like, when I think back, like she's actually been so impactful and like in the most positive, empowering way that I could have, that I could have asked for. Yeah. Do you like outside of design, like, are you getting a sense of the baby's energy? Like, like oh, yeah. the vibe, like what, what is it? What is the personality? Like, what is it Basically feeling like? Opposite of me. Uh, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> so um yeah I mean and again like this is all to say that like it could totally change and yeah. like who knows um but yeah I mean I we know it's a girl and I think it's my partner's really different than me um and I think that like it feels like she's gonna look like me with like the spirit of my partner um yeah. but and, and maybe not even him but you know like it she feels very fiery and very powerful and very much kind of being like I'm coming through being like I have to like be a baby right now like I'm kind of the boss so I think she's going to be challenging in a lot of really positive ways I think that someday I might have a child that's a little bit more similar to me but I don't think she's the one um so and we've looked at a few designs that kind of like times that we think she might come so if to me it feels like a manifest or manifesting generator vibe is what I'm getting but like Again, I could be like totally wrong. Maybe I have like my little identical projector baby, but um, I don't think it's going down that way this time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, I was, I think a lot of the kids coming in right now are like that though, right? Like, they're so fiery and like, oh this God, is yeah. the mission and like, I'm in control, you know, and they're, <laughs> they're more, I mean, on a psychic level, I will say connecting with babies or kids coming in now, there's so much, this is my name. Like, this is what I'm here to do. Yeah. And I feel like before, like before 100%. it wasn't that aggressive. And this time it's like, this is it, you know? And my, um, my niece is a, is a year old and my sister, when she was having, you know, her baby, I was getting that vibe. I was like, oh, this is what she wants her name to be. My sister's like, yeah. I don't like that name. Uh, you know, and then she was born. It was so funny as I was looking at her human design chart and I'm like, her chart is almost the same as me. Like our, our birthdays are a week apart and same. we have almost the same chart. And I was like, you know, my sister and I were great now, but growing up, oh my gosh, I just really triggered the shit out of her. <laughs> like yeah. I was so, tr she was very, very different than me. And my niece is like the same as me. And I was like, it's so interesting because I can see how your relationship with your daughter now is going to heal so much stuff between us. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it's oh my so God. cute. You know? So I think that's, that's cool how it, you know, when they incarnate and like seeing like who, who are they more similar to and like who in the yeah. family are they similar to? And like, that balance totally. you know totally yeah and it, it really is so fun to see and it does and i and i so resonate with what you're saying of like kind of that like directness of like is my name i'm coming in like it really feels like that it feels like she came in on her own timeline she's mm -hmm. like this is the time <laughs> joy and we're like okay yeah um but it's been it's really it's so fun tapping into that um but yeah it, it's it does like there's so many powerful kids coming in yeah well I'm not a parent, but I feel like human design is actually one of the most helpful parenting tools. Ever? And yes. I think it's so amazing that, you know, so many more people now are like learning about this and looking at their children's charts and, uh, you know, just having that information to give their child some space to like do it the way that feels aligned for them. Yeah. And I'm curious, like, you know, for any parents listening, what do you feel like would be like maybe the top few things to look at in their in their child's chart mm -hmm. perhaps to to help them you know in the younger years yeah and i just want to like echo how valuable it can be i think that human design has a lot of powerful applications but i think parenting is probably the most important because basically like often kids express their design so purely they come out just like living it and then they often get conditioned out of it try to become a thing they're not and kind of return to themselves later in life and so when you're able to kind of give kids permission to be who they are from day one it's just like the most empowering, generous thing you could do. So, you know, there's so much you could look at in your child's chart. Um, I think that I would definitely start with their type, kind of how they best use your energy. It will definitely help you know how to kind of like work with them during the day and bedtime. Um, I would look at their strategy, which is around kind of communication and creating opportunities that will kind of help you know how to interact with them in a way that's a little bit more in flow. Um, their authority for sure, even though, they, they, which is around decision making, even if they're not kind of like making all the decisions, still being aware of that. 
And then two other pieces is that it would be, and this might be a deeper layer, but looking at their kind of undefined centers. And these are what we call the white shapes in your design. And they're the areas where the most, they are the most sensitive to other people and often can kind of get a little bit taken off track. So it's really useful to know what those are and also know where you might be impacting and kind of like triggering them in that way. Um, and then also looking at their profile, which is really around kind of how they best learn and some of their gifts. There's like a bajillion other things around like, how do they best eat? How do they best learn their strengths and things like that? But like starting with those five pieces, I think can be really, really supportive. Yeah, I think something that, so I've been like really obsessed with environment recently. And cause I, you know, you, you learn about this and you always think about, oh, when I was a kid, I did that. Totally. Uh, and for me with everything in my chart, but for me, the environment like brought it to my mom. I'm like, okay, she used to think there was something wrong with me. Cause I never wanted to go outside. I just locked myself up in my bedroom. I wanted to just, I literally would just get in a little corner in my bedroom, close the door, turn off the lights. And I wanted to stay Aww. in my cave forever. And she was like, thought something was wrong with me. Like you need to go outside. You need to play with the other kids. And I was like, I am the caves person, you yeah. know, but for me, I've been really obsessed with that recently because yeah. I feel like it is something within my chart that is so directly connected to nervous system regulation Yeah, totally for me. Mm -hmm. uh, and I feel like it's, it's something that people don't talk about as much. I mean, I know it's a deeper layer, yeah. but I wish that I had learned that or paid attention to that earlier because I'm, I'm implementing this more now. I live in a house now that's very open and all white. And like, I love all the spaciousness, you know, generator, like I want spaciousness, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I started to feel really off and I started to realize I don't have a cave, mm. you yeah. know? And then when I started playing with like a cave and I made myself a cave, I, it has been night and day for wow. me with like my nervous system. So I feel like with kids too, I'm very, I would be curious. And I was bringing this up with my friend. I was going over her baby's chart with her. Yeah. And I'm like, I would just be curious, like you knowing this information when she it gets a little bit older and wants to pick out things in her bedroom. You know, yeah. I think about me telling my parents, I've got one of those nets that made you feel like you were like a butterfly because I wanted to like totally. be in a net, living Aww. in a net. And yeah. I think it's so cool to see how all of that plays out. And I think like bedrooms and environment, like that feels like totally. a really cool piece to dive into as well. Yeah. And it's, it's so, and I appreciate you saying that because the founder of human design raw would say, don't ever bring up the environment until somebody's 30 which is like really interesting because I just taught a course, we dug deep in an environment and it was like, it really did show up when people are pretty young, you know? And so like, I definitely understand like it will become more impactful as we get older. Um, but even like, especially when like a kid's sick or not doing well, like putting them in their ideal space can be really, really useful. So I do think it's a really interesting piece to look at. And like my environment in human design is called kitchens, which is basically all around being at like the center of things. And like, my favorite thing. I was just like wanted to throw parties all the time, be the center of it, like just get the center of attention. I was like always performing, you know, it's just like, mm -hmm. it's so funny kind of looking back and being like, oh, like I just was already creating that space for myself. So yeah, I mean, the recommendation in human design is not to explore it until later, but I do think there's a lot of value in exploring it earlier because like all things in human design, kids often express it so purely mm -hmm. because there's just like not a whole lot of conditioning yet. And so supporting them and that would be really useful. And especially for you because of like, all the sensitivity. And I think, especially with all the direction of your arrows, like your environment is like not a place that you're meant to just like tap into sometimes. It's very much meant to be a place that like you have access to all the time, you know? And so having your parents know that or a parent know that would probably be quite useful. Yeah. And I feel like with business too, right? Like I, I feel like if I look at your business yeah. now, knowing that it's kitchen, like it has a kitchen's energy, 
right? There's like, it really does. It's like, it's like a big, everybody's coming in. Like, you yeah. know, you all get your blueprints. Like it's very totally. interactive. There's totally. the alchemy component, which I feel like is huge with the kitchens, like, totally. like all of that alchemy. Yeah. And that's something I've been playing with too in my business where like, where things feel like they get out of balance is when I don't have, like, I need a cave within my business, like, mm-hmm. or, or, or I need that two, four bit, yeah. like I got a hermit in my cave and then I can come out. So I feel like that's another really interesting application too with the environment. 100%. Yeah. And I think, and I even think of like, I just was like teaching this course. It was like almost 200 people. And I would like often go over because there was so much to share, you know, and like, it would be like three hours or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they're like, Aaron, how are you like still talking? Like, I have so much energy. You know what I mean? Like everyone's here. This is so fun. So like, it was just like, (laughs) So allowed me to tap into the kitchens piece in a way that like one-on-one work doesn't do, you know? Yeah. And so it was kind of fun to just be like, oh, like being in the midst of a group where things are just happening and everyone's being transformed in this way is so exciting of the kitchens person to me. Turns you on, you know, it's like all, all oh, yeah. the energy. I'm like, I can't stop. Yeah. I didn't know that he had said not until you're 30 to start exploring it. And I actually want to touch on that. Like, you know, uh, when I hear stuff like this, okay, I, I yeah. have I have ish with with like be honest, yeah, honestly, particularly the digestive stuff because um I don't remember if I had told you this like when I had a reading with you, but yeah, I mean for me, I, I struggled with chronic illness for so long, like it has been the main thing of my life, mm-hmm. um, again and again and again, and I always knew food was so connected, and when I started eating cold thirst, like you know, here I am a decade later after like hundreds of thousands of dollars with Eastern, Western doctors, every approach, clinical trials, like, then I eat cold thirst and I'm like, wow, all my issues just went away. And I thought like, holy shit, I wish I had like known this, implemented this so much earlier. And so I know, and I don't know if that's a quad right thing. Cause I also have heard Ross say, like, if you're quad right, like digestive type is more important earlier on, Mm. but I think, and especially with the kids coming in and how sensitive their bodies are, like, I feel like their nutrition needs to be so different. Their bodies are so different. Like, I guess my offer to anyone listening, like is, okay. I know he said those things, but is there, isn't there any room for adjustment with changing times? Yeah. Well, one, I I definitely know what you mean. One digestion is the first piece that he said. So that's a really good piece to go look at with kids for sure. Mm. It's kind of just like a building thing. It's like once the digestion is kind of like aligned, it's easy Mm -hmm. to go into environment. But I do, I totally agree. You know what I mean? I went through a very traditional education. um, And I think that I was so often frustrated by how kind of this very disempowering lens that human design was presented through um, because we're living in a different world than we were when it came through. And I think that we need different things, you know, and he would say all these things about like manifestation, but like he was using different language than we use now, you know? And so like, I just think my approach to human design in general is like, take what feels good, supportive, useful, like let the rest go. If you like take take in a piece and you're like, I kind of want to adjust it this way, like do it. Like, I think that like my thing is like, if it's helpful, amazing. That's the most important piece. So I do think that like, it's, and I'm sure so many, you know, traditional human design teachers would be like, Aaron. Um, but I, I just think that like, we're at a different time. And I think that human design can be the most empowering and expansive system, but it requires that it's communicated in a way that actually uplifts people. And there are so many ways that it can be communicated in which it doesn't do that, where it's like, oh, you're this type and you can't do this thing. I'm like, that's just not the, not the purpose of human design. And also like the magic of human design is like, it will be informed by the lens we view the world through. And so it's just a good reminder for people to be like so incredibly discerning about where they're taking their information in to kind of make sure they're taking information from places that really resonate. Like in the course that I just taught, like I had so many people be like, I got a reading 10 years ago and I was like, I hate this system. You know what I mean? Like 
because they just heard stuff that was like didn't feel good because of the way that it was presented and so i think it's just like the presentation and the the person communicating is really going to make quite a big difference yeah definitely well in in this course you just ran was there something that you felt like people were most interested in like like a, a t- piece of human design that you guys were spending the most time on or people were most excited about yeah i think that um god we covered so many pieces but i would say the piece that um, our very last piece before we closed was around the variables and the arrows. And I think people were really excited about that because as you probably discovered, like it's really inaccessible. And like, I see all this information on Instagram. Where I'm like, that's totally not what Raw taught. Like everyone's mm-hmm. interpreting and like, whatever, like it feels good. Great. But like, there's so much depth to them and there's such a lack of knowledge and accessibility. You know, I went through this very traditional education where I went through an analyst program for many years. And then after that, I was like finally able to take a three-year class on the arrows, but only because I went through that thing. And so like, I think that like I've gone so deep into it and I felt so excited to finally have the opportunity to kind of teach on all these pieces that I think that people just have not been able to access. And so that I think was probably one of the most exciting pieces for me to teach on. And I think like one of the most exciting pieces for people to receive, they were just like, I literally would have paid just to have that class. You know what I mean? I think so. That I think was such an exciting piece for people because it really is such a deeper layer. Um, mm-hmm. And it's one that there's just so little accessible information around. Yes. I mean, the amount of time I've spent trying to create something that might that might yeah. pop up on Google, I'm like on page 27 about quad right. And I'm like, this doesn't exist. And I guess I just, I mean, I don't why, like, why do they make it so hard to access when it's so life-changing? I know. I know. I think that like the idea is, is that when you're integrating the other pieces of the design, um, like when you first do that, then the information around this stuff will become like more impactful. So it's like not, people don't like want them to jump into it immediately because they can get like kind of obsessed with that and like forget about the rest of their design. So it's kind of more around like trying to control the order of things a little bit, mostly because of the impact it will have on people. But you know, I don't know, there are lots of like weird locks and chains around human design, you know? And I think that like, I think that it's obviously we're seeing things change and people are making it more and more accessible, but it's also has its downfalls. If people are making it accessible, but they're also speaking stuff that like they're kind of just making up, you know? So it's like, it's an interesting balance. Um, I do think that that is a piece that I really wish there was more accessibility around because like you said, it's really transformative. Um, and especially around lifestyle and how we move our bodies and, and what we're motivated by and how we exercise and spaces and the digestion and all the things. So you know, I think that I think it will only be made more accessible from here. But um, yeah, it's really it, it definitely is a rabbit hole that a lot of people like aren't being able to access, which is so frustrating. If you have been dealing with brain fog, poor concentration, headaches, extra fatigue or weakness overall, just feeling more sluggish than normal, which a lot of people are right now more than ever before, it could be because your electrolytes are out of balance. And for me, if I don't take Element daily. I feel a noticeable difference. My brain is not working as clearly. I will have more trouble concentrating. I feel really sleepy. I just feel really off. And I also feel chronically dehydrated. Like, I don't think I realized how dehydrated I was before until I started taking electrolytes and actually getting hydrated. Because a lot of people don't realize, even if you're drinking plenty of water, which I was always somebody who drank so much water, but I was still so dehydrated. Like even if you're drinking a lot of water, that doesn't mean that your body is actually absorbing it. And when you're eating a whole foods-based diet, it can be really easy for your electrolytes to get out of balance. Electrolytes are not just for 
people who are professional athletes. If you're active at all, if you're fasting, if you're on a mostly whole foods based diet, it's so important to pay attention to your electrolytes. And if you are in this community and you're doing this frequency work, if you are a light worker in any capacity, if you're an energy healer, you're going to want to make sure you up your electrolytes. I tell this to all of my clients, everybody who gets into any of my containers, because we're doing so much frequency work, you don't realize how much energy we're moving and light we're burning through basically. And that is why electrolytes are so, so, so important when you're doing this kind of work. But the thing is, most electrolytes are filled with sugar, artificial ingredients, coloring, all of those things we do not want to be (laughs) consuming. But that is why I am obsessed with elements. These are the cleanest electrolytes on the market. They taste amazing. You feel the difference. They contain a science-backed electrolyte ratio, and they don't have any sugar or coloring, artificial ingredients, gluten fillers, none of that BS. I honestly can't remember the last time I drank regular water. I always put element in it. My favorite flavors are the citrus salt, the watermelon, and the raspberry. I also put the chocolate in my coffee or tea. I haven't been doing coffee recently, but whatever my morning beverage is, I always put the chocolate in a warm drink. It is so good. Do not wait on this. Everybody always tells me once they finally try their element, they're like, I don't know why I waited so long. This was a game changer. You're going to get addicted. It's so good. So if you want to feel a million times better and up your mental game, physical game, ascension game, we have a special offer for you. So if you go to drinkelement.com slash CT, With any order you place, you will get a free sample pack that has one packet of every flavor so you can try all of the flavors. This is not just for your first order. This is every single time you purchase. They also offer no questions asked refunds on all orders. You don't even have to send the product back. So if you buy it and you don't like it, you don't even have to send it back and you can get a refund. But trust me, you're going to love it. So again, if you go to drinkelement.com slash CTC, that's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash CTC, you'll get a free sample pack with one packet of every flavor with every single purchase. So use it every single time you purchase. So you can stock up on all of that extra element. And after you get your sample pack and you try them all, tag me on Instagram and let me know what your favorite flavor is. Yeah. Well, would you be open to like giving a brief overview of the arrows? Of course. So the arrows are the four arrows around your head. Um, and they kind of reveal all these deeper layers of human design. And honestly, they're like a whole world into themselves. You know, like if you look at a human design chart, you're actually not all going to see all the layers underneath it. So the very top, top layer is there is, sorry, the very top arrow is around how you best digest food. Um, and also around your strongest sense. So if we're going to use you as an example, like you're not really meant to be super rigid in how you eat, you know, it's very much meant to be more in the flow. Um, for you, it's about eating food that's colder and below body temperature, things that cool you down, even people that cool you down, you already run a little bit warm. Um, and then your strongest sense is just like, which makes sense based on all that I know about you is like, you're just super sensitive to basically the vibe and the feeling of wherever you go. And so like, if you're eating in a place where like the vibe isn't right or doesn't feel right, it's going to be pretty hard for you, you know? And so like, just really tuning into like, let me eat when I'm in the flow, like also things that cool me down and when the vibe feels right. Makes sense. Makes sense. I mean, yeah, definitely, definitely makes sense for me. Um, and again, like if it doesn't make sense, great. You know, I think that like human is like, this is a piece that is meant to be introduced a little bit later on. So you might find that like when you kind of integrate your type and strategy and authority, this stuff might actually start to make more sense. Um, the bottom left arrow speaks to um, how we best move our bodies and also our ideal environment. And so for you, you're not meant to be super rigid in the way you move your body. 
you're not meant to be like, okay, 8am every day, I'm at the gym, I'm doing this thing. Like, it's probably good for all of us to move every day in some form. Um, but I would say for you, especially when you're stressed, it's really good to sweat it out. But just like uh, incorporating a little bit more flow to it, like really, and just like really paying attention to kind of what your gut is pulling you towards. Um, also, when it comes to spaces, like the right spaces for you are often the ones where you walk into them and you just kind of feel like you want to like sit back and watch it all go down. Like the ones that really kind of relax you and you really are inspired to become a witness and your environment, like we've talked about is caves. And so basically what that means is that like Christina doesn't have to live in a cave. It just means like having a really kind of cozy, protected space where she can shut the door and she knows that no one's coming in or she's controlling who's coming in. It's probably going to feel very safe and secure for her. And so always having a cave kind of space you can retreat to can be great. And it might even look like going to a restaurant and be like, I'm going to sit in the booth because like, I know that like no one's coming up behind me, you know, and I'm not going to be in wide open spaces all the time. So it's not about being in a cave all the time, but knowing, like you said, how regulating it can be for you and how restorative it can be to kind of be able to have access to that space. Makes sense. You know, the other, the other, I guess related to that is I realized like, I've always been so jumpy, so jumpy and all of my friends in like middle school and high school, it was like a big joke. Everybody would jump up behind me and I would scream. And I realized, you know, it was just such a big reaction. I was like, I like my back has to be protected. Like that's so, that's so connected for me. I just, Yeah. And there's just something being like, I just like, I'm, I'm creating a situation here where like, I know that no one can come up behind me. And so I'm able to relax. Yeah. Um, so those two arrows on the left side are very much about kind of getting your body aligned. It's like, how can I eat and plant myself in spaces so I can like get my body just like right on track. The two right arrows are a little bit more around your mind and how you perceive things. So in general, because both of yours are facing right, you're like not meant to be a super strategic person not meant to be super like I'm dialing in on the details. Like you really have a gift of taking the wider view and really kind of perceiving very subtle things that a lot of people miss. Um, the bottom right arrow speaks specifically to um, our view, how we're meant to look at it, the world. Have you dug into this? Yeah, a little yeah. bit. So the view, your most aligned view is called personal. It basically means that you're meant to kind of look at it, the world through a lens of like divine selfishness. You're like, what do I want to do and how do I want to do it? And like, just really trusting what feels good to you and not concerning yourself with what anyone else is doing. Um, Where you can get pulled off track is power where it's like, I'm going to like do this thing because maybe it will get me this thing or maybe it will like move me up in the hierarchy in this way. But like it it becomes really disconnected from just like what you want. And so Mm -hmm. you're really kind of meant to look at the world through a lens of like, how is it going to affect me and what feels right to me and not kind of getting lost and just like comparison or improvement or all those things. So what's the, what's the other option? What do you mean? Like if people are not right, are they not personal or is that a there's deeper six layer? Options. Oh, there's six options. Oh, wow. Okay. What are some of yeah. the other ones? Um, so I have a comparison. Oh my God. Yeah. So like for me, <laughs> um, so for me, my view is called probability. Um, mm-hmm. And it basically means that like, I'm kind of meant to look out at the world through like a pretty practical lens. Like I can like dream of all the things, but like where I can get pulled off track is when I get pulled into possibility, which basically means I'm just like a little bit fantastical. I'm like, I shall win everything. You know what I mean? And like, and there are no limits and I just kind of like don't have my feet on the ground. And so for me, I can be super gullible and like, and I totally resonate with that. And so like, it's just coming back to the practical piece and be like, I just know the right decisions for me are kind of driven from a place of just like feet on the ground, you know? Um, does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I can't relate, but yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> you get it. Yeah. I'm like um, very feet off the ground. <laughs> totally. And so like, there's just like, and so it really, our view is a piece that just reveals a spectrum, mm-hmm. a, a kind of spectrum that we're going to bounce in between inevitably. 
And it's useful to know where you can get distracted because it basically means that you are never meant to make decisions from your distracted view. Does that make sense? Mm, so like for you, it's yeah. like, I'm not here to make decisions for like power and just trying to like compare myself and like just fit in and do what I think I'm supposed to be doing. Like it's all like from a personal place, yeah. you know? And so it's just like, I find it most useful in that. And like, I just like notice when I'm like, oh, I'm just like being so hopeful, like just like so overly hopeful here where I'm like, I don't care if we write anything down. And I'm like, let me just come back, you know, what I mean? and like mm. really check in and make sure that I'm really grounded in how I'm showing up. That makes a lot of sense. Wow. Yeah. I, di- I didn't know that. I mean, I definitely have experience. Anytime I, anytime I try and do something the way I've seen someone else do it, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or anytime I try and plan, it doesn't work. <laughs> so, on. right. You're I not, mean, not strategic. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. Well, I talk about being quad right all the time mm-hmm. uh, because it's been so illuminating for me and helpful yeah. and validating. And, you know, whether it's, all four arrows facing right, or just a couple. I think a big question that people in the audience have, it's like, how do I do this in such a strategic left-brained world where everything's on a schedule? You know, like um, if I am going to school and then work, and then I'm I'm like trying to follow my flow, like how do I do this when I have all of these things? So I even think about, you know, being a parent and you have like the child being on a schedule. And it's like, yeah. if you have more of that flow in your chart where you're not necessarily meant to follow a routine, that's with your body or uh, food or whatever. How do you like, what advice do you have for people who are in that situation? Like I'm trying to live in my flow, but then I have all of these schedule restraints. Yeah. I mean, I think we're living, we're living in a world that's moving a lot more from that very strategic structured routine place. to like a little bit more flowy of a place. Like I would start when possible by just like honoring it yourself. So like in the case of you, like you might have some structures that you have to, you know, adhere to, but you also have like a whole channel on your human design, which is being like, I'm in the flow when I'm in the flow, things are magical and effortless and wonderful when I'm not, things can feel chaotic. And so like, I would just say like, carve out some time each week where you can be in the flow, where you just like allow yourself to tap into that. And like, it's honestly really nice to be in partnership with people that have very different configurations than you because you just bring different things. You know what I mean? Like you can be like, I'm taking the big picture and your partner's like, I'm so strategic and so in the details. And so like, it's just about learning how to honor each other's process. Um, you know, I didn't talk about the learning. I mean, there's so much in the arrows, like the learning piece, but it's also like some people learn in a really step-by-step linear way. It's like, you're going to learn in a place where it's like, you're like, I might go on a walk and listen to a thing. And then I'm just like taking in this information and like, it's just not very structured. So, you know, my, my biggest piece of advice is just, just to try honoring it in small bits and seeing what happens. And like, I think that it might actually be easier than you think, you know, and especially when it comes to parenting, like there's so many approaches, but you could be really rigid and routine oriented. And you also like, there are a lot of people that are like, I'm just taking my baby with me everywhere. You know what I mean? And like, I'm going to make sure they can fall asleep with me wherever I am. So like, there are just different ways to do it. And I would just notice if you say you have most of your arrows facing, right? Like a thing to watch out for is like, where are you trying to be super structured and rigid and routine oriented? And where does that not feel good? And you have lots of arrows facing left, like where are you like sitting back and like trying to be in the flow, but like, and have no routine, you know? And so it's just kind of knowing how to like integrate those and seeing what feels good. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, go back to the learning thing. So yeah, that's is the top related, left arrow. Yeah. Is this related to that arrow for me? If like, okay, I kind of feel guilty about this. I don't know. I mean, some people say this is like an ADHD thing, but I think ADHD is just being quad right, to be honest, <laughs> for me personally, <laughs> how that manifests. But I cannot learn something unless it's related to me. Mm, like, so personal. if I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, that's that. Because I'm like, if I go through like human design course or astrology course or whatever, it's like everything I learn about every other, everybody else, it just goes in one ear, not the other. But it's when it's connected to me, I, 
ingrain it immediately. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. I mean, to me, that feels like a little bit more of the personal piece. Mm. Um, it's also kind of a generator thing and this won't be true for all generators, but like generators are really here to be like, what feels good to me? What feels satisfying to me? What brings me joy? Because like when you're really connected to those things, it's so it uplifts everyone around you, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so the learning piece for you is really around the fact that like, you also just aren't going to probably be a super linear learner where it's like, you're like, I'm going to sit down and study for three hours. You might be like, I'm going to like, listen to this thing while I go on a walk. You know what I mean? I'm going to drop into this thing. I'm going to do it in my flow. And so it's like not trying to create a lot of like structure or rigidity around how you take in information. And my guess for you is that like, you're often not just taking in the information you're listening to. You're like taking in like a thousand other things. You know what I mean? Like you're just like so yeah. subtly tuned into things where it's like, there's just a lot. And like part of being a, having all those arrows facing right is also around the fact that like, you probably don't know all the things you know until like somebody pulls it out of you. You know, and so I think we've talked about this, you know, but I think it's really nice to kind of have people ask you questions. I'm going to pull your wisdom out of you because like you might not always be able to access it when you're just sitting there. But when like somebody asks the right question, you're like, God, I really know a lot. Who knew? Yeah, I've I've realized that so much with podcasting, like when I do solo episodes and especially with my open throat between the two of those. I sometimes I literally feel like my I'm like, I'm going to pass out. I I, I need another energy (laughs) to bounce off of. And then I, I need somebody asking me the question because I just have yeah. nothing to say until it gets pulled out of me. And then yeah. once someone will ask something and I just know it, I don't know how I know it, but I just know it. Right. You're like, it's there. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And it is like, you can't always control how it comes out. Yeah. Which, you know, isn't always great, but it is what it is. It keeps it spicy, you know? Totally. Totally. And for the right people. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, I'm curious for you, six to Projector. projector. What does that look like with your business? Mm. Running your business? Well, you know, I think that I I started my first human design business in 2015 and I was working with a 6-2 manifesting generator. And um I was so nervous because I was just getting started. Like I was so nervous about kind of being visible and putting myself out there. So like I think back on my strategy. Um, and I was just basically like, we would reach out to companies, but like, I was so fearful of visibility, which is like the most important thing for projectors. And like, it didn't work, you know, like it was really early for human design and the way that we approached it didn't really flow. I think when I started my own practice in 2018, I basically made it my job as a projector to be visible. I just like, there was no more like pitching or initiating. I just like started sharing. I started sharing on Instagram and podcasts and newsletters and events. And like, I was just like, I'm going to let the world know that I exist. And I trust that by doing that, the right people will come in. And that's been an incredible marketing strategy for us, you know? And I think that um, that has worked really well for us. I think another big lesson and, and for those totally new projectors, like aren't really here to be the doers, you know, they really have such a beautiful perspective and way of seeing things, but like, aren't really here to do all the doing themselves. And so um, my husband is a generator and he um, joined me in the business early on and like, honestly started handling everything by human design. And so like, I think what's really worked in the business is that like my job is to go to human design. Like even when we launch things, I'm like, I don't know what we're launching. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, I've just, I got to be like good at human design and like so everything else is covered. And that has been so relieving because I think when I first entered the entrepreneurial space, I was like, I have to be good at everything. I've got to be like really good at business. I've got to like figure out operations. And like, I just don't, I'm not great at all those things. You know what I mean? And so like, it's been so nice to just like allow and support and like make it my job to like master a system and share it and like really dial in on the pieces of the business that I actually excel at, you know? And um, so that's been great. Um, and I think also having a two in the profile like you is like, 
you know, I think that like, I remember like wanting to take a marketing course early on and like my partner advised me against it. He's like, whatever you're doing is working. Even though it doesn't make sense to probably anyone else. So like, I think that I really had to like lean into just like how to share about human design and do things in a way that just felt really authentic to me, you know? And, and then another big piece, and this is kind of all over the place is that like being a projector, there's limited energy as there is for all of us in some ways. But like, I think when I first started the business, it was just one-on-one sessions. And like, if I really wanted to scale and grow it, it wasn't, I couldn't just do that. And so we really kind of explored how to create offerings that would allow us to grow the people that we could access without requiring that I'm just like doing more and more. And so the blueprint was born out of that, you know, a way to kind of really make that accessible. The course has allowed that. So it's always kind of exploring offerings that just don't require like me to be sitting there all the time, where I can put in like a lot of work and also then kind of make it a bit more sustainable for my energy. Yeah. I feel like with entrepreneurship, human design is so helpful. Oh my and God, the most. I have a lot of, you know, friends who think all my woo-woo stuff is <laughs> like they make fun of me. But human design is always the thing that no matter how not into that side of me they are, like human design gets everyone. Like the most left brain, logical, like I don't believe in astrology, whatever they want, <laughs> you know, I don't care. Uh like human design, they're like that just read me like a book, you know, and I feel like That's it's crazy. it's it's the one thing that really gets people because it's like, whoa, and it's applicable, right? And I'm curious from the entrepreneurship lens, what do you feel like are some of the key pieces to to look at within the chart if somebody kind of wants to zero in or just get started and they're an entrepreneur. Cause I, I do feel like that is very That's helpful. So useful. Yeah. Um, similar pieces of what I shared before. So like type definitely, because it's going to help you know how to use your energy. Like, mm-hmm. are you a doer and you need to use it up every day, you know, or are you more kind of a, of a guide? Um, is it going to ebb and flow? Or are you going to have creative bursts? Then the strategy is so important because that's going to really help you understand like how to best kind of market and put yourself out in the world. Like, are you here to initiate? Are you here to wait to be invited? Are you here to just see what shows up in your world and respond to it? Um, authority as well, because like we're all making decisions every day, whether it's in our business or outside of it. So kind of helping make decisions in the most aligned way. Again, profile is really key for that. I think that I found profile be really useful in how we market ourselves mm-hmm. and put ourselves out into the world. Um, I think the undefined centers, 100%, the white shapes, because it's where you're going to get the most taken off track. And it's also where you have the most to give and the most to share. And so just really kind of understanding what those areas are in your design, as we talked about for Christina, like you really like, you've got such a like gift of communication, but your gift of communication comes when you don't try to control anything. And when you just kind of are present to what wants to come out. So if you were trying to be super consistent in your voice and like, this is how I share, it's probably going to feel so much less authentic. You know, um, I, I would also look at your channels because the channels are just going to be the strengths that you can really rely on. Um, and the things that you also might even want to integrate into your marketing. Like I worked with a lot of clients to use the language of the channels to actually like put on their website because like, like, this is what I'm great at. And people really resonate with that. So there are probably a bajillion other pieces underneath that that would be useful. But I would kind of start with that because that's already a lot just mm-hmm. in terms of really dialing into like where you bring your unique gifts and also where you are the most vulnerable to be taken off track and also how you can best put yourself out in the world. Love that. I'm curious. Can you share more about like with the profiles and marketing, like some examples of how what that would look like? Yeah. So there are 12 different profiles. Sorry, made up of six different profile numbers. Um, so if you look up and well, I'm sure we'll include a link in the show notes. If you go to humandesignblueprint.com, you look up your chart, you'll see there's like a fraction looking number. So you're a two four, I'm a six two. So I'll kind of go briefly through the six. I would just say pay attention to um the two numbers that make up your profile. So for you, the two and the four. So 
the ones are very natural investigators. So in terms of marketing, it's really good to market your expertise. You're like, I've gone deep. I built a really strong foundation. I know what I'm talking about. Like you can trust me as the authority, like really kind of marketing yourself like as the authority and and taking the time to kind of cultivate that expertise. So like you feel really empowered on what you share. Two is kind of interesting because like, you know, it's just like, honestly, I would say for both of us, it's kind of marketing in like whatever way we feel the most easeful and excited to market in, you know, like it's, it's not forcing yourself to do the things that feel unnatural. It's like where twos thrive is when they lean into what comes innate to them. Um, and so I would just kind of follow that thread of like what feels innate to me, what feels natural, what feels easeful. Let me kind of share in that way. And also so much of the two is that like what makes you great at what you do is inexplicable. Like you just bring this unique genius to what you do in a way that you can't explain. And so like, I wouldn't get lost. I'm like, this is how I do what I do. It's like, you can be like, I study these things and I learn these things. And like, I've just got my unique magic. And honestly, I can't teach it, you know? And so it's just like really also trusting that. The threes, I would actually, so if you have a three, you're very experimental here to bump into things, make mistakes, learn from your mistakes, grow. I would actually share your personal experience. Like where these people often thrive is when they're like, you know what? <laughs> I really failed here really screwed up, learn so much, have so many lessons to share. And so their marketing is often the most effective one. Like, and you you can choose the level of privacy. This is not about like putting your life on blast, but it's really around like just being vulnerable about what you've been through, like letting people behind the scenes, like letting them kind of witness the journey, the messiness, the failures, the lessons along the way. Like people are often so magnetized to that. The four, like for you is so much around community. Like I would just never underestimate the value of your community. You know, it's like your community creates your greatest opportunity. So really kind of building strong relationships and trusting them to help grow whatever you do. Like, I can't tell you how many clients I have that have this, that like have a company built entirely on referral programs. It's all word of mouth. They don't even have a website, you know? So just like really creating opportunity for the people that you know to kind of keep spreading the word, knowing that your community is such an amazing advocate and source of opportunity for you. Fives are really very natural problem solvers. So I think it's really good to market like the problem I want to solve. They're like, this is the unique perspective I bring on the problem that I solve. And they're really good at like coming in, saving the day and then walking back out. Um, and so just being like really explicit and setting really, really clear expectations with people. And then sixes totally depends on the phase they're in because they kind of go through different phases in their life. Um, but part of the magic of being a six is that you've got a real gift for kind of staying above the fray, staying above the drama and offering kind of a really wise, objective perspective. And so I would try doing that in your marketing. You know what I mean? Like, and, and just like not getting, and I've really been recently been like feeling pulled down. I'm like, oh no, no, this is not where I thrive, you know? And like really kind of pulling back and just being like, I'm here to offer like a very wise, objective perspective on where things are going. And so really doing that, but also giving yourself plenty of time to kind of observe and cultivate that perspective. Mm, that's so helpful. Thank you. Of I'm course. curious with, when you say like, sometimes recently feeling like where I might be getting pulled down. What, what are examples of that? Like, what are things that pull you down there? Oh, we just like went through a crazy situation with like some people that were like super out of integrity. And part of me is like, I just want to put that on blast and tell everyone. Yeah. I was like, no, you know what I mean? Like yeah. no one needs to know that. Like I can let people know that like, we don't trust these people don't work with them, but like, I don't need to go into any of the drama. And like, mm -hmm. I think that, you know, the angry part of me is very tempted to do that. Um, but I think that that was a big lesson of just like being like, you know, just really focus on the future because like entrepreneurship can be hard. And I will say that like, I haven't experienced many challenges of like people betraying us and things like that. And so it can be hard when it happens, you know? So I think in a moment like that, just like, I think it's really easy, especially on social media to just like kind of put everyone on blast. And like, and yeah. I think that there was just such a deliberate choice not to do that. 
and to just yeah. be like, people are going to have to deal with their thing on them, let themselves. They know exactly what they did. And like, we're just going to keep moving forward. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, yeah. I, it's like off topic. I, I've been struggling <laughs> with social media a lot recently, <laughs> like, because I just feel like so much of social is just everybody telling each other they're doing something wrong. Like, stop, like, like, stop doing this. You're not doing this right. These are the, it's the right way. And I'm like, you could say the same thing in a much different way. Like it just makes, you know what I mean? And I feel like everybody feels like they're getting put on blast. Like everybody all all the time, even when it's not even about you, you're just like on your feet and it's like, Oh, I'm doing that wrong. I'm doing that wrong. Doing that wrong. (laughs) I'm going to post this. People are going to hate this. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's such a weird world and it's such a like, um, temporary world. You know what I mean? Like, it just feels like we can get caught in this thing of like creating things for like this uh, momentary gratification, but like we kind of lose that connection of creating things that last and like doing the work of like, I'm just going to create this thing without any affirmation for anyone else and then put it out into the world. You know, it's just, it's a weird, it's a weird world. And I think that like, it's, it feels really important for us to just increasingly become conscious of how we engage with it. Cause like, I mean, honestly, Instagram has been a tremendous tool for our business it is, you know, generated so much for us. And it's been so wonderful connecting with community. And like, I am the most grateful. And also it can be a really challenging personal experience for me, you know? And so it's just finding this balance being like, this is an amazing tool and also is a really unhealthy one. And so Mm -hmm. how can I like use it in a way that really is productive and creative and uplifting and not in a way that is, yeah, negative. And it's, it's so top of mind, especially having a child and being like, (laughs) I don't want them to have a phone. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what does that look like for you in terms of boundaries? Like, how do you navigate that? I mean, I think that like, I am, I'm always trying out new things. I think what comes up with having a child is that like, they're going to emulate what I do, Mm -hmm. you know? And so like, if I'm on my phone all the time, they will desire to be on their phone all the time, you know? And so I think that it's just been a big lesson, not of like, what rules can we set up for her? But more like, what what behavior can I show that really kind of models these boundaries in a way that inspires that in her? Um, So I think that like, we've been on such a crazy crunch and like, and, and creating so much that I've definitely been on my phone more, but I think that like, it's just, I I have such a clear sense of how I feel when I'm on my phone a lot versus when I'm not, you know? And so just like turning it off and any chance that I get, you know, and letting it be a tool that is much more a tool for creation and not consumption. Um, but it, it's, it's a constant journey and it's definitely not an easy one, especially when so much of our business relies on it. I have so many friends that like just are off all the things, but like they also aren't doing work that really relies on it in the same way. So it's just such an interesting balance. Yeah. I mean, I feel the same. It's yeah. like what built it. It's what built my business. It's like, there are so many pros and there's also all that, the weird energy and yeah. Well, what, what centers are open for you in your chart? Just the ego and the sacral center. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like, I feel like my open emotional really struggles with social. I'm sure. <laughs> like, really struggles with it. I would even say with the, like, the undef- the open throat for you, like, and I feel yeah. like it sounds like you're in the wisdom of this. Like, I could imagine there's a version where you can, like, see so many different ways of expressing that you're like, oh, I, I want to express that way, you know, kind of lose connection to what's actually yours. But the emotional piece is so true. Like, you're such an empath. And so you're just, like, taking in so much subtle energy in the space that you're in. And some of it just might not feel healthy. Like with anyone with an undefined emotional center, like emotional hygiene is everything. It's like who you're choosing to take in. Yeah. I have also found like for me getting out of like one-on-one work has made a huge difference. Like I was really, it was manifesting in my body. Um, Even when I like loved, you know, like loved my clients, it wasn't like good for my body because I was really feeling all of that, you know? Right. 
It's kind of like leave. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was, I wanted to ask because I, I mean, I talk about human design a lot, but mostly from my own perspective (laughs) Um, and as an emotional authority, like this is something that I would just love for people to uh, hear from somebody with an emotional authority about Mm -hmm. Um, like, how have you learned to work with that? Cause I think a lot of people struggle, like knowing what their, what their yes feels Mm -hmm. like with the emotional authority. What does that look like for you? Like working with your emotional authority? Yeah. So I think that being an emotional authority, like the key piece for anyone that has this, regardless of your type, because every type can have it, but reflectors is that like the right decisions for you are the ones that you love over time and not the ones that you love just in the moment. And so like, it's good to pay attention to your initial instinct, then give yourself like a day or two or three to confirm your excitement for that thing has sustained. And another key thing is that like your emotions color your decisions. And so if you're like in a super high emotional place, you're probably like, yes, I am in. And if you're in a low, you might be like, screw it all which is why it's good to like take a little bit of time and just like kind of let everything settle within you. So you're choosing from a very settled place, a very calm place and not a very emotional place. Um, How it's looked for me is when I commit spontaneously, like I'll like be in an emotional high and I'm like, I'm in. And then I'll wake up the next day and I'm like, what? Why did I ever commit to that thing? And so like as annoying as it can feel, I feel like I've just made it a practice to give myself a day or two. And often with it, I don't think about it. Like I'm not sitting there just like trying to wrestle over it. Like it just feels like it becomes really clear within me where, and like, and the thing to be aware of with this as your authority is it's not a hundred percent. Like the clarity is probably not going to be as intense as it was at the beginning, but it's just like, if it continues to feel good or continues to feel bad, just trust that. And I think when I really know it's right for me, is like when any like nervousness has subsided and I just feel very calm about it. It's just like, yeah, that just doesn't feel right anymore. Or like this really does. But like time is medicine for these people. And there's like so much depth and clarity that comes with time that like waiting is kind of always going to benefit you. Um, So just giving yourself a beat and knowing that like all the right opportunities will stay around and get better if you do wait and all the wrong ones will probably disappear. Yeah. And what about for decisions that like are in the moment, like eating? Well, so do what feels good in the moment with for the yeah. for these people. Like, but I think my partner has a really strong gut response like you. So I often leverage that. Yeah. Like, what are you feeling? You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, yeah, decisions that are in the moment can be a little bit harder for me. But like again, the waiting is really important for the big decisions. Mm-hmm. For the small ones, do what feels good in the moment. Like it's obviously not feasible. Be like, I'm gonna wait to then decide what to eat for dinner. Like, you know, like it, it's important to kind of do what feels good in the moment. But I do find that I sometimes tap into the people around me to kind of see where they're at. Yeah, that makes sense. And if somebody is a generator or a manifesting generator, but they're an emotional authority, like what's the balance with, cause they're feeling the sacral still, right? It is the balance for them is like gut, their gut is still going to play a really big role in their decision-making. It's just about gut over time rather than gut in the moment. And so what I would recommend for them is like, I would check in with them like the day of like, are you excited to do this? And, and then I'd be like, yes, I'd be like, amazing. Okay. Check your gut is a full body. Yes. And then I would ask them again the next day, are you still excited? And then actually, are you still excited? If the gut excitement sustains, go for it. So it's still very much rooted in the gut. You're just wanting to make sure that like that excitement in the gut remains with time and doesn't disappear the next day. Mm, okay. Makes sense. Yeah. And like, I would imagine some of that can like for the reflector, right. <laughs> and having to wait that, I mean, our world is not set up for that in so many ways. Right. So like, yeah. how could they, how can they work with that? So reflectors are meant to give themselves a full 20 to 30 days before to make a big decision. I think I always present that to reflectors with the like caveat of like, can't always take that time. You know, I think that like what's most important for reflectors is that they're going to make decisions at their own pace and in their own way. And not because they feel like all this pressure and urgency for other people. 
And so basically the ma- the value of taking time for them is it really allows them to kind of disentangle everything that's not theirs from everything that is and just kind of land in like, oh, this really feels right. Um, so I think that like just giving themselves whatever time they can. And it might be a thing they say yes to a job and then three weeks later, they're like, uh-uh, you know, and then like yeah. giving themselves permission to go. Like I remember yeah. I had a reflector client who's like, I took me a month to buy a teapot. You know what I mean? Like he was like, that's what felt good for me. So like, I think that like, I've actually seen it really work for reflectors because like, I do just kind of trust that like when we honor these things in ourselves, like the world around us kind of aligns and meets us there. And so, um, but yeah, I think, I think most important for reflectors is to like not choose from pressure urgency and to know that you move at a different pace and process than probably most people around you. Yeah. I mean, I, and I have found that as like the more I learned about human design and I was definitely more compassionate <laughs> toward people around me because I realized, oh, they're not built like me to just decide yeah. in this moment. I, I was experiencing more spaciousness all around, like plans weren't as concrete. And at first, like made me uncomfortable, but then I realized that it actually made everything flow so much better. Like whenever things got canceled, you know, last minute, because it wasn't aligned, it was like, it opened up a door for something else. And I think there's so much we can like learn from leaning into the spaciousness that, I mean, most types require way more spaciousness, right? Most types (laughs) need to wait. Yeah. 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 No, it's so true. I feel like there have been so often, like if I commit to things spontaneously and regret it, like it will end up getting canceled. You know what I mean? It's like, I could have prevented that by just literally yeah. like not doing it. Um, <laughs> but it is like, I do, like, I feel like often I'm just like, oh, God. Yeah. You know? I yeah. mean, I do that too, honestly, <laughs> all the time <laughs> manifesting. But as we get to a close, I'm curious, what is your favorite part of human design and perhaps some like something that's been most illuminating or validating for you? Like as you've gone through your own personal experiment with it. Oh my God. So many pieces. Um, I would say probably most importantly or most useful for me has been the relationship piece. I think that like, it's so amazing to learn about our own designs and this is obviously different for everyone. It's been so useful for me to know my partner's design because like, I just like, and I don't say it out loud a lot of the time, but I like, can't help but like see everything through a lens. I'm like, oh yeah, it's that channel. Oh, I see you doing that. You know, like, I just love it. And like, and we're so different. And um, my parents are visiting right now. And it's been really useful to know their designs. Like even looking back, I'm like, oh my God, they were like, they're both like such empathic people. One's a projector and manifestor. My sister and I were like projecting like our emotions out. Like, wow, that was like... <laughs> they survive. Um, but I've just like, it's really given me so much more kind of empathy and compassion and also like really been able to relate to them differently. Um, so I think that like, there's just so many relationships in my life, in my life, both kind of historical and current, where I'm able to kind of look at our designs and be like, Oh, like the friction has been arising, not because you and I like aren't meant for each other, don't know how to do this, but it's because like, we're just really different and we haven't had a language to really understand those differences. And we've been expecting similarity. And so I just really love using it in relationships. And so that's why I'm so excited to look up my daughter's design and just like see, and not in a way that like, you must be this thing, but like, oh, wow, you're so different. Like, what are all the ways that I can support you in that and not expect you to be like me? Yeah. I know for me, it's allowed me to have much deeper relationships because you just understand people, you know, and I mean, isn't that the main problem in most relationships? It's miscommunication and we expect everybody else to be like us. And then you realize everybody's not. And then maybe this thing before that I thought was coming from, you know, an ill intention is actually like, is how how they're built. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, oh, I'm I'm just like, I'm, this is not working because I want you to be like me and you're different. How can I support you in that? Yeah. That compassion piece is huge. So I, I love it. And I think the blueprints are such a great resource, like, especially 
you know, I feel like even just for families, I'm like, it's such a great gift. It just to 100%. know that about yourself, but then other people and also have a reference guide. Like, I don't know 100%. if I've said this on the podcast, but just in case I haven't, like I have a sheet that anybody who works for my business, it's like you go and it's about Christina, how Christina functions. Christina cannot be on a schedule. <laughs> Christina needs to be asked questions. Christina needs to be asked questions. It's like That's all of this good. stuff from my human design suit, so people understand how I'm functioning. I'm like, I'm not trying to be an asshole. This is just how yeah. it flows the best, yeah. you know? And it's so helpful to like give people those keys to the kingdom of like, this is how to love me. This is how to understand totally. me. This is how to relate with me. And then I also want that about everybody on my team, my friends, like, yes it's a game changer, you know? And so I will just say like, I was pouring over my blueprint this oh, weekend yeah. uh, and I actually had a lot of insights. Like, and that's what I'm I love so about glad. it. I was wondering, I was wondering if like you would, given you've been digging into it for a while. Yeah. I, and that's what I love about human design is I always uh, like learn new things. And I'll, mm-hmm. I'll just say, while I'm on that, like the main thing for me was with my defined head, like there's a line that's like something around that I'm not supposed to use it to figure, figure out my out own life, life problems. Oh my God. I was like, yeah. I was like, this has been the issue for the last year of my life. Like, totally. Like, that was a mind blowing sentence. I know. I, I know it well. Well, one, because I wrote it, but two, because I have the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. But then, yeah. like, how do you figure out, like, what do you do if you have to figure something out? Well, yeah. yeah your design <laughs> is so much around, like, how can I just trust my gut to guide me in all my decision making? And how can I let my mind be like a playground to explore the mysteries of life and inspire other people? how can I just like know, know the roles, yeah. you know, so that I'm not trying to kind of like mix them all up. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta really like decondition out of thinking <laughs> about myself. Like re- reorienting, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. like redirecting. I know that I like, it's really healthy for me to kind of keep my mind busy exploring, like learning new things because mm-hmm. it kind of takes the pressure off to figure out my own life. Yeah. I definitely fall into that. I'm obsessed yeah. with learning. So I guess it's a good thing. It's a good thing for me. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so- let that be an example. Every like if if anyone listening, if you feel like you know a lot about your chart, like you'll probably still learn. I know. I think so many readers get it. They're just mm-hmm. like they're like I read to people all the time, and like I just need all the most important stuff of my chart in one place so I can keep going back to it. Yeah. So yeah, I think that like whether you're new on the journey or very advanced, like we all need a resource manual, and that's kind of exactly what we built the blueprint to be. Is like this is your operating manual to how you work best. Enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is like a user guide to you. One hundred percent. Here's your user guide. <laughs> and they're they're very detailed. And what are all the components it, it covers? Just so people know, it goes through your type, your strategy, your authority. It goes through your definition, how you best process. It goes through all of your centers, both the white and the colored in, so undefined and defined. Um, it goes through your not self and signature kind of tools to keep you on track, and it goes through each of your channels. And it has examples and questions for a lot of those things because it is so much around like how you actually apply it. And then it has a lot of reflection questions based on all of it at the end. Yeah. It's very comprehensive. And I've been using all those questions as journal prompts, like oh, I'm so glad. for the last week. Yeah. It's really helpful. I've gotten a lot of clarity out of it. So I think that's, I think we all get in our heads, right. A lot. And then when you Inevitable. can just go to something like that, where it's like, this is a blueprint of my energy flow. And then I can like pull this question totally. and that's relevant for me. And it just, it, you know, gives you the answer basically just from the question. Totally, <laughs> Super <I know>. helpful. <laughs> you know, directed, you know, agenda yeah. with the question, but yeah, totally. Um, oh, I'm so glad to hear you enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I loved it. So um, we will put links in, in the show notes for the blueprint. And then are there any other big offers coming up? Well, one, the discount code is Christina. Yes. Use Christina. that. Um, and that's at humanassignblueprint.com. Um, 
Well, big offers. I mean, the vision, let's see how pregnancy goes is that we are going to, we just, I just finished, like I said, a 12 week live course. The vision is to launch the pre, a pre-recorded version of the course, um, in the next like two months, which is not just reselling the recordings. Like we're actually just like recreating the entire thing based on everything we learned. So if you're like, I'm obsessed with human design, I want to learn all those things. Like it Mm -hmm. is, it is just meant to be the most practical, empowering resource around human design that you can find. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And so where should everybody go for all those things? Just stay at humandesignblueprint.com. And then also on Instagram, we'll share both at Erin Claire Jones and Human Design Blueprint. Perfect. Yeah. All the links will be in the show notes. Yeah. This was amazing. I could talk to you forever. Thank you so much oh my God, for taking my pleasure. the time. Thank you it so much It was so much having. fun. Yay. Huge thank you to Erin for coming on the podcast and sharing so much incredible wisdom about all things human design. I could talk about human design forever. Don't forget you can get your own human design blueprint, a personalized guide to your unique design at humandesignblueprint.com. The link will be in the show notes and you can use my code Christina, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A to get 10% off your blueprint. It's a great gift for yourself and for your loved ones, especially moving into holiday season. You can also connect with Aaron on Instagram at Aaron Claire Jones and at Human Design Blueprint. And if you loved this episode, be sure to take a screenshot, share it to social media and tag me and Aaron so that we can see that you are enjoying this conversation and that it's been helping you out. We love to see that. And it means the world to me when you do share the podcast. And if you think that it would help somebody in your life, maybe send them the link and, you know, spread a little love that way. That is going to be it for today's show. Thank you again so much for listening in. I appreciate you so much. I hope you have an incredible rest of your day and I will chat with you again next time.